And the best advice I can give you is to be 100% authentic. He said, if you are the same person that you were with us here every day with those guys, they will absolutely love you. Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcast, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. I'm Shelly Seward, president of Capture Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter, Jen Latta. Dr. Jen Walter has a longtime love of sports. She loves the game of football and has since she was little. Jen shares with us her journey of first, being the first female running back on a men's pro football team and being the first female coach in the NFL. Jen is leading by example, showing women that they can achieve greatness in any aspect of their lives. Jen is another athlete doing good. To join athletes in doing good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The Athletes Podcast with the most downloads each month will receive the money raised for his or her charity. Thanks for joining us, Jen. Can you give us a little bit of background and how you got to where you were being the first woman coach in the NFL? You know, it, it's, I think it's like anybody who has a, like a, a longtime love of a sport. You know, I, I lovingly tell people I've been married to football for a really long time. I loved the game of football. Uh, there weren't opportunities for girls to play but I loved it. I thought those were like real life superheroes. Like I remember thinking that as a kid and I wanted to be a superhero like they were. And yet it was also interestingly enough, the place in the world that I learned that there were certain things that boys were allowed to do that girls weren't. And so other than the powder puff game, like my senior year in high school, I didn't get to play at all. Though I did score the only touchdown and my team won. Um, throw that back there but um no so when I went to when I went to Boston College I saw rugby for the first time and it was like soccer meets football but they don't need pads and they still get to tackle I'm in um and I was so in I played for all four years at BC I always from a very young age believed I was destined to be in sports and to be great and now it's done and so I did what most of us do. We got a quote unquote real job. I was a headhunter. I was making a lot of money. I was really good at it and I hated every minute of it. And the flag league that I was playing in got a call from the general manager of the mass mutiny asking if they had any girls who were playing flag that they thought could play tackle. Full disclosure, coming from rugby, I had never really stopped tackling. (laughs) I think they were probably like, yes, we have one. Please take her. (laughs) She's not really playing flag. (laughs) Not playing flag. Not. And she doesn't need pads, and she does tackle. Please take her. And so I got an open tryout, and I made the mass mutiny at that open tryout. And that day when I made the team, I made myself a really – small, really big promise. And that was that I would step up to every challenge that the game put in my way. In 2004, that was the year I won my first quote unquote Super Bowl, air quotes. But I remember at the end of that season, it was the Dallas Diamonds. So this was my fourth season. We went 12-0, and undefeated. 
At the end of it, we got a ring and we got a check for $12. That is still the most valuable check I've ever gotten because it was the difference between playing for free and actually getting paid. I had decided that because there wasn't a path for women in football, I could study and create a unique value proposition within the space. So I first got my master's in sports psychology and then added my PhD in psychology so that I'd be able to take my practical experience as one of the best in the world and merge it with that theoretical knowledge in a way that there really wasn't anybody else that I could think of in that space. The Dallas Diamonds were one of the dynasties for women in football, but that where else could you go? So I got into men's pro football in the most painful way possible. I actually played. I was on practice squad for a lot of it, but I learned so much. And really in that experience, learned how to be a great teammate to those guys. We learned each other. We became really, really close in a situation that everybody thought was going to be an epic fail. And it was that closeness and that year of my life that really changed me. And, and, and taught me so much. Former Dallas Cowboy Wendell Davis called me and he said, oh, you have to coach this football team. And I said, no. This would be no. I said, no. Mm-mm. Like, I don't coach. I, I've never coached football before. Like, girls don't coach football. Like, I'm not going to do that. And he said, I can teach you how to coach football. I can't teach what I saw. And he said, not a lot of guys are going to give you this opportunity. You're taking this job. And I said, no, and I hung up on him. So the next day he called me back and told me about myself. He said, you remember how I told you not a lot of guys were gonna give you this opportunity you were taking this job? I said, yeah. He said, good, I took it for you. You're coaching for me. And by the way, you can't quit. Otherwise the entire narrative surrounding women coaching and men's pro football will be we had a girl once and she quit. Jen, there's so many things that I'd love to touch on there. Um, one, the unfair burden that you've addressed, which is to say that when a woman is put in a position in an unprecedented role, that they have to succeed because the higher-ups will likely never take another chance on a woman in that role if, in fact, she doesn't. I was talking with Maria Taylor today who said she has felt the same way as you know being one of our primary college football reporters, that when she has felt like, I don't know if this is for me, people in the black community have said to her, you have to keep going because if you don't, there'll never be another black woman on the sideline in college football. And so just like that burden that you guys carry when you're in those roles. I use this analogy a lot. I don't understand why football is the one space where it seems people are still so territorial and that the the anatomy is so necessary for success in that area. I'm a mom. I have three children, two of which have been delivered by men who do not have the anatomy (laughs) that we have. And yet somehow I put my trust in them that the schooling and the experience that they have is going to get us all through that. Why isn't football the same? Why can't amazing, Jen? (laughs) Okay, so first of all, here's the funny thing, right? Like, and and you will appreciate this. So the, the biggest question that everyone had with me going into the NFL was like, would guys take coaching from a woman? Well, 
first of all, like we had such good relationships. Like my players and I, like we are tight to this day. And I, I would tell them like, as a coach, like my job is to help you, whether that's football or life, like I'm going to help you. And if your mind is on your life outside of here, then we're not gonna be productive here. So let me help you get this handled and then we'll, we'll get to here. And so through trust and love, like we were very close and like, there were a lot of times that coaching had little to nothing to do with X's and O's. It had to do with the human who was going to have to execute the X's and O's. And guess what? If the human's not there, I don't care what your playbook says. It's not happening. His, his mind and his heart are elsewhere. And these are very big humans, but they're still humans. And they might look like superheroes, but they still have human hearts. And people forget that with football a lot. Right, because we don't see their face. We don't. It's not like basketball where you can see the emotion. Like you just you see a, a face mask. Right? Yeah, there's a there's a disconnect for sure. There with the is a disconnect, and it's hard, right? So that's where a lot of that like psychological part comes from, right? But I always say like if someone trusted me enough to bring me into their world, right? Like so, it's their worldview or something at home. It's gonna be very, very easy when I say like, I need you to make sure you get heel depth, squeeze the line, and then sack the quarterback. Right, like that, that's like, okay, got it. Right, like that's, that's a non-issue. We've already established the love and trust and the fact that anything I tell you is going to be because you know that I believe I can make you better. Is it always gonna be perfect in execution? No, but is my intention? Yes, and you will execute because you trust that. I was like that as a player. I believe that wholeheartedly as a coach. But back to the communication of they did not believe that these guys would take coaching from a woman. And what's important is that they feel like they are heard, they are valued, and that they have someone who can convey information in a way that, and aren't we all better when we have more than one perspective in the room and to convey that information, right? Like, and yet football is traditionally that space, right? Where you're right, it is the one that's protected. They refer to it as the final frontier for women in sports. It is the only sport that there is parity at no level from Kiwis to the pros. It suffers more than any other place that I can think of on how it's conveyed in terms of the sins of omission. You don't have to tell girls that they don't belong. They can see it. They can see it on Friday night tights. They can see it on high school football, which is everywhere, junior high football on TV, like, you know, college, NFL, you name it, they can see it, right? So why would they think any differently? Because you don't have to say it, they see it reinforced over and over and over and over again. Coming up, Jen will share with us how she cultivates that winning mindset in others. But before she does, I want to share with you a message from today's episode sponsor, Robert Hack Diamonds. As the nation continues to be impacted by COVID-19, more families than ever are facing empty plates this holiday season. Please consider making a donation today to help feed the hungry and less fortunate. Every dollar counts. Share your blessings with others and donate to your favorite charity this holiday season. I have one more question for you. 
I love the mindset that you were just talking about, you know, not only the winning mindset, but the frontier mindset and what advice can you give? I'm thinking of those that are listening to us. I'm thinking of young girls. I'm thinking of women. I'm thinking of young men. I'm thinking of everybody because that mindset can help you just like you said, in every aspect of your life. And so how, how can we help others? How can we cultivate that mindset in others? There's so much to that in, in terms of mindset and it impacts us in, in so many ways. The first one is to anybody listening, it's listening or watching where you've seen something from where you are versus where you want to be. You know, I think we do people a disservice because a lot of the times all we see are the highlight reels of somebody's life, right? Like you see these, these big magic moments, right? You see like the NFL. And then if I hadn't talked about it in my NFL preface conference, nobody would have known that girls and women were making a dollar a game. Right. Right. So it, you know, and, and that check is so funny. Like I talked about it and they're like, wait, you really have it in training camp. I'm like, yeah, it's with me up there. It's my reminder. And like, that check became international news because I had a platform. And at that time I made a choice to not just focus on myself, but the game as a whole. And so for any of the, the people watching, like realize that the, the, the highlight reel took a long time to get there. And there's a whole lot of bad plays that, that don't make that cutting room floor, right? Because it's, it's not, it's not always the story that's told for people in a position of platform. We have to be honest and we have to be gritty and we have to let people in so that we can help to elevate them ways that we can make each other better. So we have to be willing and able to look at the situations, right? Really assess and learn from them and to then be authentic within ourselves and in what we learned. And I got that advice from Terry Glenn. And he said, like, Jen, I've been thinking a lot about you going to the NFL. And the best advice I can give you is to be 100% authentic. He said, if you are the same person that you are with us here every day with those guys, they will absolutely love you. But if you're fake in any way, they will sense it and they will eat you alive. And so in a situation where I had no role model and no roadmap, what I always went back to was what TG told me, and that was to be authentic. And it really is the authenticity. And then it is setting the expectation and the standard. And I am hard on people. I always tell them, and and this was something I actually learned really with the Cardinals, is that like, as a coach, the best gift I can give you is to make you better. And I'm doing you no favors by letting you slide and be less than I think that you can. And I didn't always know that as a player. Right. I, I, I wish somebody would have given me that gift as a player is that like, you're not talking to me because you don't like me. You're, you're talking to me because you know, I'm capable of more. Right. And the delivery in a lot of 
situations and coaches is not so easy to absorb. You know, I've had coaches tell me they hated my face. That makes it a little harder to hear stuff. But that's why if you're setting that standard or what I do, I will tell you, like, I want you to know that me investing my time and energy in you is a gift. And it's the best gift I have for you, right? If something that I have learned, I can impart to you, that's what I feel is is my most valuable asset. Jen, I cannot even tell you how thankful I am for you taking the time and for being an authentic trailblazer. Those are the words that I will take away from you. Um, and words I will use to describe you always going forward. And I, I truly thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm so thankful for what y'all are doing to, you know, focus on the good things and the positives and the ways that we can come together to elevate each other and make each other better. Well, thank you again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to our other interviews and to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team who are making an impact on others. To join Athletes in Doing Good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The Athletes Podcast with the most downloads each month will receive the money raised for his or her charity.